0: You're listening to a podcast of a Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Thank you guys. Good to be here. Good to see you all on such a cold morning and always, particularly in the winter, this is the quieter of all of our services. So it's really the tough guys get up early on a cold Sunday morning and come in. So it's good to see you. God bless you and welcome. I want to welcome Cafe Church who are watching uh, on live stream downstairs. Uh, good to have you with us as well, guys, in Cafe Church. God bless you. I'm going to talk today about overcoming barriers. And I feel this is really important. And I want to tie it in with what to us as a community is quite a significant day. Going to be looking at overcoming barriers. I've never met anyone who hasn't at some stage in life, and I include myself obviously, come up against a barrier. I've seen a lot of barriers come up for people, for example, with education. They have a bad experience with a teacher in school, and it's like their confidence was really stolen from them by the words of a teacher who was insensitive or whatever, and, and then they believe a lie in their head that they can never achieve anything educationally. I had relatives who had a thing called, I think it's called Irvin's Erling Syndrome. It's a bit like dyslexia. But because of whatever thing in the brain, um, when they saw words, they turned into all mixed-up letters. But if they just either had... I think it was yellow, yellow in a yellow pair of glasses or a yellow sheet of plastic over the page. They could read perfectly. But for years they were in a blockage because they didn't know what was causing this thing. A lot of people have a blockage in a marriage. Something is said or not said and one thing leads to another and what started off as a small thing becomes a big thing. And it's like there's a blockage in a marriage and neither party can get over it. You see it in friendships as well, so I want to talk today about overcoming barriers, overcoming blockages. Obviously, a river is a barrier. a river can block people, so for example, if you 're not from Cork, you may not know that there's a bigger there was a big divide in Cork between the north side and the south side of the city, and the people on the south side would, in my opinion in a very cruel and bad way, called people from the north side, nori, but then the people from the north side started calling the people from the south Sides sorry, (laughs) (laughs) so you sorries and norries, and uh, it's interesting, and she's ill today, so she's not here, but my beloved wife, Denise, uh, came from the north side, I came from the south side, and uh, I believe our marriage is a symbol of Cork coming together, hallelujah, (laughs) I was going to have great crack with her, but the poor creator is a homesick. But rivers can be barriers, and the scripture I want to read when we're out on that bridge is all about crossing the Jordan. Rivers can be barriers and can be blockages. Today is all about connecting with Jesus, and our theme for this year is connecting with Jesus. But I want to talk about overcoming barriers. I'm going to be looking at what I call the Lazarus Chronicle. Um, I don't have time to go into the fantastic depth of this today. We'll look at it in more detail if you can come along Tuesday night. But I'm going to highlight some of the verses in the time that I have and look at John 11:28 to 41. So I pray, Lord, your word would come alive in our souls today. That this wouldn't be dead letter, this would be living word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. So you've you, you got to keep encouraging me, lads. I'll I'll get very uncomfortable if I think you're all falling asleep, so you've got to shout out a few words every now and again to me. Let's see God's word. We're going to have it up on the screen. When Jesus got to Bethany, Lazarus was already dead for four days. Let's just pause there. So Lazarus was a friend of Jesus, and his two sisters, Martha and Mary, they were probably late teens. Lazarus was early 20s. Lazarus got sick and died, Jesus was away, and Jesus comes back after the death, and he meets with the older sister, Martha, and this is where we pick up the story. So Lazarus was dead for four days, and then Mary went into her sister in the house, and she whispered in her ear, the Lord is here, and he's asking for you, immediately, Mary jumped up and ran out to meet Jesus. Master, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw Mary and all those with her crying, he was deeply moved and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, they replied. Jesus wept. And then he came to the cave with a stone laid across the entrance and said, take away the stone. Can't read the last bit, don't know what happened there. (laughs) But Master Martha said, there'll be a terrible smell after four days decay. And then Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone. And Jesus looked up and prayed and then Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. You've got to come Tuesday night to hear the rest of it. (laughs) This is powerful. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture and I'm a Christian now almost 40 years since I was 19. And I don't ever remember a time when I haven't read this and I get fired up and I get emotional when I read it because it is deep and life-changing and eternal and speaks into my past and my present and my future. And if you have faith to believe into your past and your present and your future, would anyone say amen? amen? We're told right at the beginning in verse 28, Martha goes into her sister, and she says, the Lord is here, and he's asking for you. Martha was like a messenger. Almost 40 years ago, Tony, who's down there, and another guy, Dan, were messengers to me when they said, have you heard about Jesus Christ and that you can have a personal friendship with him? I never heard that before. I just thought you just obeyed regulations, kind of kept religious rules. Never heard anything about relationship. But Martha was the messenger to her sister. Today, perhaps, I pray by God's power, you and I will be messengers to the people we know. Whether it's on the bridge or in your daily life with your family, friends or workmates. Martha was the messenger. But Mary heard the word. Mary was crying in the house with her friends. You'd say, what a terrible time. But God reaches us at any time. Hallelujah. And Mary is weeping. And her brother that she loved is dead. Remember, the three of them weren't married. We never read about their parents. They were definitely dead. Because in that culture, you wouldn't show disrespect by not mentioning the parents. So here are three young adults, (coughs) late teens, and mum and dad are dead, and Jesus is very close to them, and they live in Bethany, which is like a suburb outside of Jerusalem, or a village outside. And here Jesus is calling Mary by her name. There's a lot of Marys in the Bible, this is Mary of Bethany. He calls you and me by name. You might say, well, I mean, I've got a very common name, but when someone says Tom, I don't know, it resonates. You might have a common name, or maybe you're called Faulkner. Any Faulkners here? <laughs> An unusual name like that. Or Alphonsus or something. It doesn't matter what your name is. He'll call you by name. I love the fact that Mary wasn't calling on Jesus here. He called on her. And perhaps Jesus is calling on you today. And look what John 1 John 4.19 tells us. We love God because he first loved us. So there's something in your soul that is drawing you to God. That's God first loving in you. God is loving on you. He's calling you. He's knocking at the door of your heart. So Mary, in her experience and in her situation, which was very grief stricken, and yet into that awful situation of loneliness and despair, Someone comes with the message, and it is God who is calling on her. And we're told that Mary jumped up immediately. Don't waste time with God. Life is short. If God is knocking on the door of your heart, open the door. Would anyone say amen? amen. So Mary gets up, and the people with her, if you read into the detail, they were, they were really concerned. They thought, gosh, is Mary gone to the dead body? Is she, is she overcome with grief? And so they all ran with her. So Jesus sees Mary of Bethany, this girl that he loved, run out with all her friends running out after her. And they're all crying. You know what it's like at funerals, I'm sure you've been at them. It's so sad, particularly a young guy who was probably 21. To die at that age, it was terribly tragic. Terribly tragic. And when Jesus sees all this, we're told something I find fascinating that when Jesus saw Mary and all those with her crying, he was deeply moved and troubled. Now, a lot of people think that this means that Jesus started crying. He did, but this isn't that. This is something totally different. This is something most people skip over. And can I appeal to you, just for your attention, because this is really important for our spiritual futures. Because when we're told that Jesus was deeply moved and troubled, a very different Greek word is used. And the Greek word is embri And deeply moved doesn't mean crying, it means anger, almost a rage. Jesus is furious, not at a person, at death. He sees death up close. He sees a friend, a young man who should have had his whole life in front of him. And yet death has come and stolen his future. That's what death does. It steals our future. You see, it was never part of God's plan. Before paradise was lost, there was no death. There was no death. But when rebellion and sin came in, the book of Romans tells us the wages of sin is what? Death. Death. So death came in when sin and rebellion against God came in, but it was never meant to be. And part of Jesus' mission, huge part of it, was to defeat death. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he defeated spiritual death because we could call on his name and have eternal life. And one day, even all death is going to be fully destroyed. That's why the Bible says, for the believer, O death, where is your sting? For the person who doesn't have faith, there is a sting in death. I've gone to so many funerals. Ireland has an obsession with funerals, the Irish culture. And I've gone to funerals where there is weeping unto despair. But when you're at a Christian funeral, there's a weeping there, but it's not unto despair. Hallelujah. Because we know the future. Amen. Amen. And so Jesus is furious that death is robbing and stealing and destroying there's another very important thing, and bear with me with theology, if you can, for a moment, because the whole culture, other than the Jews, who were a small minority, believed that God, the Greek, the Greeks started it. Greek culture started a thing called apatheia, and then the Romans started believing it, and it basically means that God cannot feel. Apatheia, it's where we get the word today, apathy. Sometimes someone is described as apathetic. And apatheia was believed, even by all the Romans, and they had many gods, and the Greeks had many gods, but they all had one thing in common. The gods had no emotion. The gods were indifferent. They were impassionate about human beings. Now, the Jews didn't believe this worldview, and they were a minority who believed God does feel. Because God created emotions. So all of the worldview, and it's a bit like us today, for those of us who are going out on the bridge, because the whole worldview today is, if there is a God, he's some kind of old fog up in the sky, and I can just do whatever I want, because there are no rules, there are no ethics, there are no guidelines, it's just me doing my thing. And that's a lie. Would anyone say amen? It's a lie in the culture. And just like the time of Jesus, the real believers, those who had faith, the Jews, they knew that God was moved. He was moved for men and women. God, right throughout the Old Testament, saw people suffering and was moved. God even changed the future because he was moved with compassion. And so, any Romans or any Greeks around, they would have laughed at all of this. But the God we love, the God we believe in, he feels for you. You see, you say to someone today, God loves you. Nobody's going to question that. But you said to someone in Greek or Roman culture, God loves you. They go, what? God doesn't love. God is apatheia. So they were going against the whole tide. You see, the people of God will always go against the tide. The world will have a fashionable belief for a while, and then it will change. Are we going to build our lives on shifting sands, or are we going to build our lives on the solid rock that is Jesus Christ? Because he doesn't change. Hallelujah. He is the same yesterday and forever. Hallelujah. So going against this, the the rage at death, and of course the shortest sentence in the Bible. Two words, it says it all. Jesus wept. You can read into it, all of the people around said, see how much he loved them. He wasn't, these weren't crocodile tears, in Ireland there was um, a class of women known as the, queen, the Queeners and they basically were professional mourners. I can just about remember some of them uh, when I was a child at a funeral and they were basically paid to cry at a funeral. But they didn't know who the person was. It was a whole act. <laughs> no, I'm not buying it. <laughs> and then they get their money and they're going off to the pub and donning the whiskey. no problem at all. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about here. Jesus was genuine. And there were professional mourners in New Testament times. The Romans had them, even the Jews had them. They were professional mourners to kind of stir up a bit of old grief there. But this was genuine. And everyone around saw that Jesus was genuinely moved to tears because Lazarus was his friend. Jesus loved Lazarus. Jesus loves you and me. He was furious at death. Death is your great enemy guys. Death is your great enemy and mine. Because if you start losing your life it's one of the worst things that can happen naturally. Or as someone you love, a loved one starts getting sick and losing their life and I sat by too many bedsides of people who've gone from this world to the next our culture today tries to hide it. <laughs> let's have a party. And I believe in parties and celebration, Jesus did too. But we gotta be real as well. Death is the greatest enemy. But for the Christian, praise God, death no longer has a sting. And tying in with Michael's prophetic word, let's believe God's time or times are in God's hands. Hallelujah. Jesus wept, and then he moves from the fury to the emotion of weeping, and he says something that shocked the people around him because he says with authority, and this isn't, excuse me there, please, if if I don't mind, if if I'm not disturbing anyone, could we have a few um, volunteers, the hairy boys over there, would anyone come and roll away the stone? It would be great. No, No, he just goes, take away that stone. Sometimes you and I have to have a bit of courage and a bit of passion and we have to look at the stone in our lives and we have to go, you know what? I need to take away that stone. I can't do it in my own strength, but by God's strength, I can take away that stone. You see, someone had to make a call with a leadership, with vision, with a prophetic element and say, you know what, that stone is the barrier to what's about to happen. It's like the river is a barrier until we build a bridge over it or bad experience with a teacher is a barrier until we go back and go, you know what, I'm going to overcome that. I'm going to do a night class or whatever it is. That that hurt in a marriage or a friendship is a barrier until we humble ourselves. But before we humble ourselves, we got to go, God, help me. And would you, God, go before me and take away that stone. So Jesus declares this And what does Martha, one of the two sisters, go, but Lord, the smell from four days. She's 100% correct. It was a rotting body. Death has a peculiar smell. It is horrific. It's like God, as he created nature, allowed death to have that repulsive smell to the living because through that sense of smell, it's like a symbol of what it is to God because it's repulsive in God's nostrils as well. It was never meant to be. And here we have Martha and Mary would have believed it as well, coming up, but Lord. You See, there's so many but Lords all over this hall. And there's one or two up on the stage here as well. We've got a but Lord, but Lord. What about this issue, but Lord? The stone was a symbol of the blockage. Her expectation was that they would be overwhelmed with the smell of death. And Jesus mildly rebukes her. He doesn't rebuke her, but he corrects her in a a loving, constructive way. And Jesus says, Marta, didn't I tell you that if you just have the faith to believe, you will see the glory of God? Now, you and I just quoted Hebrews, which says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if the Bible is true, and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, I hope you're listening down in Cafe Church. If that is true, then surely it's true for today. Would anyone say amen? Amen. If you only believe, you and I, and I, we will see the glory of God. If we hear the Lord say, take away that stone. But Lord, give the Lord your buts prayers, your but Lord prayers. Give them over to God. And so they took away the stone, the Bible says, and Jesus started praying. Verse 41. Here's what's vital. The stone had to move before the miracle happened. Before the blockage was broken. Here it was death. The stone had to move. It's like we have to go out on that bridge today with absolutely nothing to prove anything. We've got to walk out by faith. Those words are going out there. But we do it by faith because I believe as a community, you see Cork was very different 23 years ago when we started. If we'd gone out in the streets, people, were cold and hard, and Cork was known as the missionary's graveyard. Anyone who came here to share the gospel was usually run out or laughed out. It was a tough place, but Cork has changed. There is a change. There is a disillusionment with what this world has to offer. There's a realisation that there is a spiritual reality there. There's people from all over the world who have come and have added beautiful coloured hues to the tapestry that is life in Cork. And many have come and they're believers. And so they have influenced so many around the city. So Cork has changed But there's still a blockage. And as a community, we have to, by going on that bridge, and this is our vision for today, it's like us saying, Lord, would you take away that stone? We're going to go out there. We're going to make a declaration. Pray and sing your praise. Might only be 10 minutes. Maybe there's just a few of us will do it. That's okay. Okay but it'll move a stone, a blockage. Like someone who was terrified and brutalised by a teacher when they were a teenager, and then goes back to school as an adult and gets a little bit of courage and says, I'm going to take the next step, and I am not going to have that blockage in my life that I am stupid. I'm not going to have that blockage in my life like some of my relatives have had that I can't read, no. There's a blockage, there was a physical reason, you can overcome it, and they did. I'm not going to have that blockage that that person I love will never love me again and I'll never love them again. No, I'm not going to have that blockage. We need to see the stone taken away. Now when that stone was taken away and Jesus started praying, there was a smell of death. Martha was right. There was a smell of death. Because it was only after the stone was taken away, after Jesus finished praying, and as we'll see it on Tuesday night, when Jesus called out, Lazarus, come out, only then did the smell disappear because life came into that dead body. And some of us, we get the whiff of death, and it's a horrible smell. We get that smell of death, and we faint spiritually, and we go, It's death. We kind of start the prayer and we give up halfway through the prayer. Brothers, sisters, you're stronger than that. He that is within you. If you know that verse, will you say it with me? Let's say it together at the count of three. The verse is, he that is within you is greater than he that is in the world. Let's declare it at the count of three. One, two, three. He that is within you is greater than he that is in the world. Who's in you and me? Absolutely. Who's in the world? The enemy. The good that God has planted in your heart. The faith is greater than the evil that's around us in the world. Let me come to a conclusion before we pray. I want to quote this from Isaac Newton. We build too many walls and not enough bridges. If ever I read a quote that is true, this is true. I've seen people build walls. Well, I need my privacy, I need my protection, and I get it, and there are times when that is needed. But there's so many walls being built, and so few bridges being built. Hallelujah. Those who perhaps don't believe at all, built a bridge right in front of your nose. As a prophetic statement, a bit like when the living God moved on the emperor of, of, in Babylon and moved his heart. And it was he who spurred the believers, the Jews, to take the next step of faith. So brothers and sisters, we're going to sing a song. We started singing it. He called my name and I ran out of that grave. We're going to pray. Number one, if anybody here knows that the lord is asking for you that you'll be like mary of bethany and you'll respond and you'll start coming to jesus today who'll say amen. amen and then for anyone with a blockage whatever that is that we will be able to say lord will you roll the stone away from my life whatever that blockage is start the process and I will not faint when the smell of death hits me because I know I'm going to get through that and I'm going to see life after death, hallelujah. And maybe then we'll close and pray for our community that whatever happens today on the bridge would be powerful and symbolic here in this city. Let's stand when we put the words up on the screen. We'll sing it through once and then we're going to pray. You call my name. i Everyone on stage as well and off stage. Let's give a bit of privacy. If anyone here hears God calling their name today, you need to respond for your future and your eternal future. So with every eye in the house closed, I want you to lift up your hand and then take it down again. We're not going to call you up. If you know the Lord, all I can see are hands, I won't see your face. Okay. I see your hand and I see your hand. I think we have two people. We're going to pray that Jesus comes into your life. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Just repeat after me Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. I, invite I invite you into my life. Forgive me my sin. Me my sin. Wash me clean. Wash me clean. I, want I want you in my life. I can't do life without you. Not anymore. Be my leader, my savior, and my friend. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Can we give these two guys a round of applause. God bless you. How many of us wanna say about whatever that blockage is and it could be in your job, it could be in your health, it could be like I said, educational, relational, could be financial, it could be anyway. If you wanna say, there's a blockage. Jesus, will you stand outside the tomb in my life and say, take the stone away. I invite you into that part of my life to make that declaration. If you want the Lord, and maybe it's not you, maybe it's someone you love, and you're here praying for them, I want you to lift up your hands here today because you're praying for yourself, for someone you love. We want to see the blockage. By putting up your hand, the stone will be rolled away. That's how God moves. We're going to sing the song again. I'm going to ask you to leave your seat, come to the top, and we're going to pray. Do what Mary did. She laid her complaint before the Lord. Lord, if you had come earlier, my brother wouldn't have died. Lay your complaint before the Lord about that blockage. Can you leave your seat and come forward? Let's just sing the chorus again, guys. as they look across all your faces there are as many individual blockages and big stones as there are human beings here but I want you to put that blockage in your hand or if you're praying for someone you love put their blockage in your hand will you lift it up to the Lord Mary gave her complaint to the Lord it's okay to do that Lord in our hands We give you this situation. If you want to kneel down, feel free to kneel down. If you want to stay standing, whatever you're comfortable. We give you that person, that issue, that sickness, that bill that we can't pay, that blockage in our career, in our marriages, with our kids, with our parents. Oh God, that spiritual force that has been like a shadow. And Jesus, we are inviting you now to stand by our side and come to that tomb and we ask you today on the 19th day of January in the year of our Lord, 2020 to say into that blockage that impacts us take away the stone. Who'll say amen? And as we say that, God, and as we invite the living Jesus to stand by our side, we say to you that when the whiff of death comes out of that tomb, whatever it is, we will not faint. We will still stand and we'll keep believing. who will say amen. So we pray, oh God, into our souls, give us fortitude and strength and give us a vision for the future and help us, oh God, not to go under but to rise above this situation. So we pray, oh God, the blockage, the stone, the barrier would go in our lives and in the lives of the people we love. We call on the name of Jesus to do that for us, we leave it at Grace Christian Church, we leave our complaint, our problem, our situation at the altar. Take it from us, O God. Take it from us, Jesus. Elizabeth, the Lord would speak to you. Just come forward. Two forces have been at work in your family, generation upon generation. The power of God and the work of the evil one. Light and darkness fighting for your future and the future of the people you love. And Jesus, your savior would speak into your life today, Elizabeth, and declare this. The Lord your God would say, I will not allow darkness to overcome in your family because my plans and my purposes for your family are yes and amen. And even though the evil one's plans are for destruction and addiction and death and loneliness, the Lord your God would say, I will not stand for it because I feel for you. I feel for your family and in my righteous anger and in my passionate love for you and all those who carry your name, I declare into your family tree and into your future light, deliverance, salvation and faith says the Lord your God and so in this place far from where you were born the voice of your God resounds around your ears around your heart and around your future and the living God would say into your future there is life coming there is power from heaven coming and the evil one Will not reap a single harvest in any of the lives of your family. So be prepared and hear the good news that will come. Of breakthroughs across all members of your family. Cousins and aunts and immediate family members. Chains are being broken even now in the heavenlies. Ancient curses are being trodden under. And doors are opening says the Lord your God favor favor from heaven is coming upon you and all who sail with you because even though the enemy has attacked your family with a vicious storm like Paul and the believers on the way to Malta even though some physical things may be lost not one person who sails with you will not be saved all will be saved says the Lord your God lift up your head Have a confidence because you are not the end, you are the beginning. You are not the last, you are the first. What Satan has said comes for nothing. The word of God is moving powerfully in all your clan. And this is what the Lord your God would say. Father, we commit Elizabeth, all of her wider family. I don't know them, but you know them intimately, God. And so we pray as this young girl stands in this city far from the place of her birth, you haven't forgotten her, and you're doing a mighty work in her family. May what you've begun in her life resound and resonate throughout the whole family. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Gonna ask you to pray one more thing for me, whether you're up here or down there. And You may not have the time and it may not be where you're at in your walk. That's okay. But would you join us in praying for us as a community as we, in a communal way, roll away the stone in our city. Would you join us in prayer, guys? If you're okay with it, you might just lift a hand to heaven. If you're a visitor and it's not your thing, please don't be under any pressure. But we lift a hand today, God, in 53 McCurtain Street. And we ask you, In the name of Jesus, would you give us courage and would something happen in the spiritual realm as we break that barrier today? As we go out onto that bridge of rescue, that bridge of life that over and crosses over the barrier that is the river. Would you help us, oh God, to declare into the heavenly realms that Jesus Christ is Lord in Cork and that our future will be influenced by you more than anyone else. Help us to be a witness to you today, God. In Jesus' name, we pray that many would leave graves, graves of all types, O oh God, inside the church, and we prayed the fruitful vine would grow out past over the wall, and the fruit would be seen outside our physical church as well. We commit it to you in the name of Jesus, and one more time, the people of God said, yeah. Thank you so much for coming, guys. We really appreciate you taking the time. We're going to play out with that song we just sang. We're serving coffee upstairs. If you've got to go, God bless you. If you'd like to hang on, we'd love to see you upstairs. John and the team are going to sing us out. John.